coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. I've been a stay-at-home mom for the last 15 plus years and want to return to work so I can get out of my abusive marriage. I had a work colleague who helped me get a job and I'm just um, really scared that I'm going to fail and I want to let my kids down. What is going on? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show, show about your marriage and your mental health and your kids and whatever else you got going on in your life. Been doing this for two decades, sitting with people when the wheels have fallen off. And my promise is, I may not know the answer, but I'm going to tell you the truth and I'll sit here with you. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. That's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash ask. Still, it feels like forever now, building a non-anxious life. My brand new book is out for pre-sale. Go to johndeloney.com. It's 20 bucks. We'll send you all kind of shenanigans. And uh, you can download some a talk right away and audio books. If you're not a reader, it'll it'll get you the audio book too. Um, some of these are autographed. I, I don't know how they're doing all that stuff. But anyway, I just know I got lots of books to sign. But. Go to johndeloney.com. Thank you so, so, so much for picking this thing up. Um, Y'all know we record this show ahead of time. So um, we've been recording for several weeks that the book's coming out. And I had to pretend like, hey, it's coming out, but it really wasn't out yet. It's kind of like Back to the Future when future me meets old me. But the book's actually been into pre-sale in real life as of right now. And the numbers are astounding. It's madhouse. And everyone's just walking around here smiling. I'm walking around a little bit of disbelief. Um, thank you. For those of you who picked this up, thank you so much. Um, I'm, I'm just so grateful. I can't hardly even breathe. Um, but if you haven't yet, go to johndeloney.com, pick it up, 20 bucks, and um, I think it's going to help change your life. It's going to help change your life. Let's go out to Christian in H-Town in Houston. Go Astros. What's up, Christian? Hey, John. How are you? Partying, man. What are you up to? Not much. Just... Trying to find a decent room. <laughs> Not partying. How can I help, man? What's going on? Uh, well, my question was, um, how can I control my emotions so that they don't come out, I guess, in a negative way towards my wife? Tell me more. What happened? So, we just... It's been a little over a month, and uh, we've been living together for... Over three years now, and it's been. Hold on, hold on. What's what's been, been over? What's been over a little over a month? Uh, our marriage. Sorry. Oh, you just got married. You're newlywed. Yeah, newlywed. Yep. One month in. Yeah, a little over one month in. Got married uh, June twenty fourth. Okay, and uh, got married June twenty fourth, and you've been in for uh, a month. Y'all been living together for three years. Yeah, about well, we've been together for three years, but living together for about a year. Okay. And um, how are your emotions coming out on your wife in a negative way? Uh, so it's, it got called to my attention by her um, a few, a week and a half ago that sometimes I'll get a little over the top irritated and it'll come out as a yell or me talking in a louder fashion than I used to, I guess. Um, and I... I've noticed it now too that sometimes I get a lot of things in the back of my head and just coming out in a more, I guess, a 
more heavier tone than I have used to been talking to her, and I I want, I guess, help on how can I not be like that? Because, I mean, we just, we just started, so I just want to be a good husband. And oh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. The um, The first step here is ownership. And the way you described it out of the gate to me is your wife noticed it, not me. So I'm going to ask you, um, and do me a favor, speak directly into the phone. Let's just have like a, like a mano a mano Texan to Texan talk here. Are yeah. you yelling at your wife? Are you raising your voice? Are you finding yourself all pissed off for reasons that even you're like, why am I so mad? Yes. Uh, yeah. Why? How come? I, it's hard. I, I'm not entirely sure because there's, I mean, I can't say I have much to complain about. It's been. But you are. So, so where does that come from? Is it, is it a sense of she should be doing something different? Is it you suddenly feel like you can't breathe because you're married, like you're a husband just adjusting to that role and that title, which is kind of weird? Um, did she bait and switch you? Did she date you for three years and all of a sudden she's all different now? Like, what, what, where is that coming from? No, she's, she's amazing. Uh, I just, I think it's more so, I guess the change, there's, we're doing a lot of change right now, like, Right now, I'm actually in our in my in laws place, and while she's um, at BLC or uh, NCO school because we're both in the military, so she's away for a bit. And I guess hey, stop, stop I real quick. Thing. You've been married for a month, and you're living at your in laws' house, and you're wondering why <laughs> you're snapping at your wife. Are you kidding me? Man? <laughs> I I mean, we've <laughs> I've been with them a lot of times before, and I, they're great. I, it's just, it's been a, I guess, a lot of change with, we're planning, uh, we've, everything between the wedding and her going to the school and moving, it all happened, I guess, in a span of maybe two, two months, so I guess maybe that combined with the, this new role might have put a higher toll on me than I realized. How have you, um, have you continued to take care of yourself? And when I say take care of yourself, um, once a week, going to meet with a group of guys just to hang out, go to shoot shoot pool or throw darts or Bible study, whatever you're into, um, or go ride skateboards. Do you still exercise? Are you just coming home and plopping down and watching TV a lot? What, like, how are you taking care of yourself? Uh, well, I used to, as in, I think it's been a month since I went to the gym, but I regularly went to the gym. You said for the last. You said for the last month. Yeah, the last month. I guess I haven't been doing the things that I normally do, like go to the gym or. Uh, I mean, I haven't played video games. So it's something I used to take the stress out, but it's just. I was. I mean, I was focused on. I I wanted to help her out because she had to. She's also now officially in her. She just. Uh, graduated and took her NCLEX and passed it. And I guess for that time, I just focused on trying to do, like, help her out as much as I could with whatever she needed, whether it be, like, studying, moving, or anything, just be there. And I I, I didn't really have a group of guys to hang out with uh, while I was there. I was kind of more just trying to do stuff by myself. 
So, so think, think of it this way. Up. Think of it this way. What you did was pretty noble. It's pretty good. I'm proud of you. Um, it's common, especially when you're trying to get your footing and figure out how to be the best husband you could be. Um, that I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a way I can explain it. Um, it, I'll just use the, the, the analogy that everybody uses that they tell you on the plane, right? That when there's an emergency and the oxygen falls out, you're supposed to put yours on first before you start messing with your kids and your spouse, because if you suffocate and die, then everybody dies, right? And so what you've done for the last month is honorable. You just held your breath and you made sure that your wife had oxygen tank after oxygen tank after oxygen tank. And my guess is, if she's just now graduating, she had to do finals. She had to go through the NCO stuff. She had to finish up all of her end of semester projects and paperwork and all that stuff. And you're living with your in-laws and now you're a husband. And that just sounds like you look down and see that ring on your finger. It just feels and sounds weird, right? All this is changing and weird. And in an effort to be the best guy you could be, you made a mistake that all of us make, which is, I'm going to sacrifice myself completely where I've got nothing left in the tank because I'm going to dedicate all of my tank to her. But then you're going to realize that you got nothing to give. Right? You can't give what you don't have. And so it doesn't surprise me that you look up and you don't have any guys to hang out with for the last month or two. You, you haven't been to the gym in a month. You're probably eating takeout every night. You're living with your in-laws. Like There's so much stress there and it comes out in blame. It comes out in little sharp even if even if you have like uh, if your wife's sick right i've been married 21 years your wife's sick and man just or your husband's sick nobody wants him to be sick but after a week it's like you know there's just that feeling i'm not mad at anybody but it's just kind of snappy right and you have to just be conscious of it so um i'm gonna give you a couple of things that i think would really help you is that cool yeah please by the way um, did, did you have a good role model? Was your old man a good role model? Uh, uh, well, my dad kind of family comes from divorce and then my stepdad, uh, he's better now, but I guess growing up, he wasn't the best role model. Okay. Um, I want you to start practicing speaking with a period at the end of your sentence. Okay. Okay. Not like a kind of, I guess, kind of, you know, like, you know, man, like, I don't I want you to say I'm Christian from Houston, Texas. My stepdad was not a good guy. He's gotten better as he's gotten. You see, you see the like the the declaration, the confidence, the period at the end of the sentence, not a dot dot dot, not ellipsis at the end of the sentence. Okay, and yeah. I want you to say I'm gonna I'm gonna be the best husband I can be. And what a sacrificial husband does is he makes sure he's strong and well, so that he can go in there and be of service, so he can help. And so I want you to make sure you're getting back in the gym. I want you to make sure you've got a group of guys you can hang out with, even if it's going to be weird and you just invite a few guys out to get nachos or beers or whatever y'all do um, in town there. When do you and your wife get back into the same zip code? Uh, uh, at the end of the month, she comes back on the 24th. Okay, she gets back at the end of the month. When she comes back, I want you to take her out. One, just just privately, just y'all two. One, to celebrate. Okay. This is awesome. It's amazing. Congratulations. Number two, to tell her, I want to be the best husband you can ever dream of. 
and I'm kind of flying blind here because I don't, I didn't have that growing up. And so let's do this thing together. And here, Christian, if you can get this down as a newlywed man, this will change the rest of your life. Okay. If you can sit with her and say, how can I love you this week? As you start your new job, as we find an apartment, as we both go back to service, as we, whatever we're doing, how can I love you best this week? And here's another gift you can give her. Here's what I need this week. You as a man, if you can come up with the courage and the bravery and the strength to say out loud what you need, I need some time to go to the gym. I need some time for us to, wah, wah. I need some, like, what, what do you need? What do you need? I want us to have a date night this week. I want to take you out on a date. Will you make a budget with me? Like, what are these things that you need? Like, that'd be incredible. And we're just going to do this on a weekly by weekly basis. And if you guys can begin to practice having this meeting on a weekly basis, it will change your marriage forever. Last homework assignment, my brother, is you have to find one or two men who've been married a long time and that you look up to and ask them, Hey guys, can I take you out to coffee? Can I take you out for a drink? I want to I learn the secrets. I'm a new husband. I'm figuring this out live and I want to learn how to do this well. Can I pick your brain? And man, I, I would be so honored if somebody asked me that. Like, hey, can I go learn about how to do this? I think that would be fantastic, man. But it's your job to reach out and find some good mentors, some good coaches. Think of it this way. Um, you just got a job in the NBA as a professional basketball player, but you've never seen a game of basketball played well. You've never seen it. You've never seen Michael Jordan play. You've never seen Akeem Olajuwon, the greatest of all time, play. You've never seen anybody play. How in the world can you play basketball if you've never seen it done? Same with being a husband. If you did not have a good picture of that growing up, you cannot just make that up out of thin air or off TikTok videos. You got to get some real men in your life that you sit down with on some sort of regular basis, maybe once a month, once every six months, Maybe just once at one at one at a time. That's all the time they got. I'm gonna pick your brain. I'm gonna learn from you. I'm gonna I'm gonna implement some things. I'm gonna come back to you, dude. That'd be fantastic. So hang on the line. Here's my uh, my wedding gift to you. I'm gonna give you a couple of things. Number one, I'm gonna give you a copy of both Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and Building a Non-Anxious Life. My two books. I'm gonna hook you guys up for free. I want you to read them together. It's gonna talk about what happened when you were kids, and it's gonna cast a vision into the future for your marriage. The second thing I'm going to give you is Financial Peace University and a year subscription to every dollar, okay? A year subscription. This is a budgeting app. And this sounds like, I don't need budgeting app. Listen, this is simply a tool for couples to use to bring themselves to the table together once a week. And people think like budgeting, budgeting, it's about money. No, no, no. It's way more about that because if you sit down and do a budget, then you have to talk about priorities. You have to talk about needs. You have to talk about what do you want. You have to talk about, I don't like this. You have to have all those messy conversations. That's why budgeting sucks. It's hard because it's not just about dollars and cents. It's about self-control and discipline and priorities. So I'm going to send that to you. It's a, it links up to your bank. I'm going to send you the premium one for a year, man. It syncs up, syncs up to your bank. That's my wedding gift to you. And Financial Peace is just going to give you guys a, um, a roadmap to getting together with money, which, again, man, if couples will get together with money, it forces them to have some hard conversations and it gets them on the same page with almost everything. I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you, Christian. Last thing I'll say, never, ever yell at your wife. 
make that a red letter line for you. I will not yell at my wife. I'll hang up the phone. I'll walk away. I'll go for a walk. I will not yell at my wife. Make that a, 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 a personhood. It's your identity. And then go from there. Thank you, my brother. We'll be right back. This show is brought to you by Hallow. Almost every day, whether I'm doing my red light therapy, driving to work, listening to the Gregorian chants on the airplane, or just sitting on my front porch, I spend time using Hallow, my go-to app for guided prayer, music, and meditation. And right now, I'm going through a particularly stressful time. I got big deadlines, big speeches coming up in front of thousands of people, end of school and other family transitions, and on and on. And recently, I made a decision amidst all the chaos to dive even deeper into my faith and spiritual practices, and Hallow is leading the way. Hallow is the number one prayer and meditation app in the world. They have 10,000 plus audio guided prayers and meditations, including daily prayers, daily gospel reflections, daily psalm readings, daily writings, minute meditations, and more. And there are places for people in Hallow who are skeptical and new to this whole faith conversation. And there's places for those who have been swimming in these waters their entire life and who just want to go deeper. And there are stories, audiobooks, and other special things for kids and focuses on mental and emotional health. For listeners of the Dr. John Deloney Show, Hallow will give you three free months. That's all 10,000 plus prayers, meditations, music, lecture series, all of it. Three free months. If you go to hallow.com slash Deloney. That's hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W dot com slash Deloney. All right, let's go out to Shay in Verbit, Verbinia, Virginia Beach, Virginia Beach. Hooked on phonics worked for me. What's up, Shay? Hey, John. How are you today? I'm not speaking very clearly, but other than that, I'm doing great. What's happening? Okay, I can't either. Nothing too much. I was just hoping to pick your brain today on the mental health of law students. So <laughs> not great. Not great. I. So it's actually not for me. Um, as a wife of a law student, how can I help and protect my husband's mental health? So, and I can give some background. Yeah, give me some background. Okay. So we got married four months ago. So we're newlyweds as well. Um, last week, we just moved states for the school. So this is his first time away from family and friends that he's known you know, his whole life. So that's going to be a big adjustment. Um, we're going into the first year of law school. So he starts this month. Um, and my biggest concern is that he's had a history of anxiety and depression last year. He went through like two months. That was pretty deep. And that was like his biggest, um, bout of anxiety and depression. And he got checked out by the doctor, went to a therapist, got a lot of tools to get better and went continued and improved from there. And we never had issues since then, but now we're in a place where there's actual seasons. We're from Florida. So winter doesn't happen. So I'm kind of concerned about seasonal depression and, you know, first year of marriage and law school's hard. So just what are some tips and insight that you have from your experience that myself, my husband and us together can implement. So his mental health's intact over this next couple of years. Ooh, man. All right. So, uh, I got a lot. I got a lot of opinions. Is that okay? Okay. That's fine. Probably what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start rattling off a bunch of things and you can just pull this clip and y'all can watch it together. Okay. Okay. Um, 
because it'll probably be too much just to write down while you're on the phone. Um, so you know yeah. I was a dean of students at a law school, and my research was in the mental health of attorneys. And so I spent um, in the academic world, whether it was professional conferences or academic conferences, like I lived and breathed the mental health of lawyers and law students. That was my that was my thing for years. Okay, and mm-hmm. so um, it's incredible that y'all are this much on fr- on the front end of this. Most of the time, a newlyweds waltz into the law school. Everybody's excited. I married a lawyer. It's going to be great. (laughs) And then about four months into school, everything falls apart. Okay. So here's, um, here's number one. He has to, this is a no if, ands, or buts. He has to get mental health resources before school starts. Okay. That can be through the university. That can be through a local counselor. It's worth the money, even if you don't have it. And I tell you that because law school is very, very hard. And it's hard both academically, but it's hard in a way that it's competitive too, which makes it really challenging because it's not just a matter of learning the material. It's learning the material better than the person next to you and more thoroughly. And that just adds a level of, of complexity and challenge to this that is very different than any other um, academic endeavor. Thankfully, his law school is actually a Christian law school. And so the competitiveness is a lot lower and they're more supportive. So we're in the best situation that we can be for law school. I and they do like, yeah. Go, well, I would tell you like, even if it's a faith-based law school, I hope it's competitive. Because what here, here's the deal. I, I don't want an attorney that is not competitive taking care of me. If I get hit by a big trucking company and their attorney went to NYU and knows how to fight and claw and scratch, I don't want a nice attorney representing me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because they're going to get squashed. And so hopefully, maybe pedagogically, they're changing like the, the instruction. There is some literature that suggests that competitive does not help. That competitive competition does not help people learn at all. In fact, it, it restricts learning. Um, and so there is, maybe that's what they're going after, but I hope he's not going into a law school. That's just like, um, pat you on the back. I hope it's super, super rigorous because he's going to be representing clients that need him to be an assassin. That's what, that's what, that's what a lawyer does, right? Fights for their client. He's got that fire, but yes. So the challenge, most people are caught off guard by this. They walk into law school and they were really, really smart they were the smartest kids in their class in other areas. Not always, but often. Law school is not something you can just study for the night before, right? You start worry, studying for finals the first day of class. And so as his wife, you need to know that when he says he's busy, this is unlike anything you'll have ever experienced. Like read the Harry Potter book every single night for the whole semester. <laughs> Right. And not only know that, but know every character and be able to know what that character was about to do when a professor calls on you and has you stand up and talk for 45 minutes on what that character was doing. So it's not even a matter of just getting through the reading like all of us did in undergrad. This is about internalizing it and knowing it. Okay. Okay. So I tell you that to tell you many, um, many husbands and wives and girlfriends and boyfriends of law students and lawyers don't have a context for just how hard this is. And so they start to feel left out, like they're exaggerating, like they're kind of lying. It is that hard. 
Okay. It is that hard. The third thing I'll tell you is you need to get a group of friends ASAP. I know. God, you got to have a gang. Cause if you're just sitting at home, like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then he comes home and he looks like he's just gotten beaten up and you're like, Hey, let's go do this and this. You need to paint the bedroom and do the, it's going to blow everything up. So you got to have a group of friends that, that gives you that connectivity, that outlet, because there's going to be some gaps in your relationship just because his focus is going to be on law school. It's going to be hard. Yeah. Okay. And I'm also a studying actuary, so I have to study for big exams too. So I'll be studying with him, but not as much as he is. You're an actuary? I am. Oh, your your dinner table conversations are going to be riveting. <laughs> <laughs> just, just riveting. Is he, gonna, is he yeah. going into contract law? Please say yes. No, he wants criminal. Oh, I was going to say, y'all would be the single healthiest, <laughs> most boring couple that has ever lived, but alas. Oh, okay. he's totally more exciting than I am. That's okay. Uh, he needs you in his life desperately. <laughs> um, desperately. All right, here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. Um, okay. I want y'all to, and this is going to sound awful and very not cool for, for some first, uh, first year of marriage, okay? Okay. I want y'all to put dates and sex on the calendar. Okay. Build it into your life. Build intimacy into your world because if you wait for it just to happen, like most newlywed couples do, they get shoved in a one-bedroom apartment and they're like, hey, you want to watch Netflix? I don't know. You want to make out? Like that won't happen in (laughs) y'all's lives because every minute of y'all's lives are going to be so prescribed already. Okay. And um, law school is an intimate... um, it's an intimate endeavor. What does that mean? That means you're talking about murder cases and rape cases, and you're talking about um, uh, people who are hurting. The conversations are deep and talking about ethics. It's very common for people to fall head over heels for somebody because you're talking about deep things that you never talk with anybody else in the whole wide world. It's a deep exchange of ideas. It's not a thing to be scared of. It's a thing for y'all two to know we are going to prioritize us over all this other crap. Okay. And we're going to put stuff on the calendar. We always go to breakfast every Saturday, no matter what. We always go on a date every Saturday night, no matter what. We always, we star Tuesday nights and Thursday nights for all year. Like whatever y'all do, <laughs> but we're going to put it on the calendar and we're going to do our best, especially that first year to not, not budge from it. We're going to put okay. it, we're going to, even if it's perfunctory and we just got to get through tonight, we're going to put it on the calendar and we're going to make it a part of our lives because we're going to, we are never going to forget that the main thing in both of our lives is us. And if I got to quit law school to preserve us, I'm going to quit law school. And if okay. I've got to stop playing with actuarial tables, I'm going to stop doing that because this is about <laughs> us. Is, is that, you hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then the final, final thing is if at all possible, stay away from alcohol, both of you. Okay. Just stay away. Um, few things in the world get law students into more trouble than alcohol. Okay. Like when I look at all the issues, um, distilling down one of the key factors was that. And it usually starts with, and again, he's going to be at a faith-based law school, so it may be, some, it may be more limited there. Um, and it's been several years since I was in a, worked in a law school. It's been five or six years since I was there. But um, alcohol just was was at every event, every everything, all the time, everywhere, globally, just okay. across the culture. It's just it's just pervasive in that culture. Um, and so having different types of outlets, different ways of having fun, different ways of connecting with other people, just keep a close, close eye on that stuff. Okay. 
That sound all right? That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your hey, input. Let me say one more thing. This is supposed to be hard, and our culture yeah. needs brilliant, hard, smart lawyers. And so I tell you all this stuff to tell you not to scare you away, to not sit down tonight and be like, I don't want you to go to law school. Not that. Because <laughs> we need lawyers, and I need people to clean mm-hmm. sewers, and I need people who are um, work in the who do work at funeral homes. I need police officers. We need people to do hard jobs, teachers. But that means we have to create a culture. We have to create a life so they can rappel in and do those hard jobs. And so it's not to scare you away from it. I want you guys to go do this. I want you guys to be well and whole and have a great marriage on the back end, which is 100% possible. I, I had dinner with two of my former law students the other day, Jefferson and CJ, two amazing men who are married to amazing women if, if they were with in law school. Great, great. You just got to be on top of it. You got to talk it through and you got to be highly, highly intentional. Highly intentional. Amazing. Let me know how he does for a semester. Uh, we'll be rooting for him, man. That's awesome. And Shay, he's really, really lucky to have you in his corner. Thank you for loving him and thinking through this way, way in advance. That's amazing. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go out to Chris in Huntsville. What's up, Chris? Hey, Dr. John. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm rocking on to the break of dawn. What are you doing? Oh, just sitting, waiting for the kids to get out of school. (laughs) Good times. Just. (laughs) That sounds sad, Chris. Can't you be like take disco dance lessons online or something? Come on. Yeah. I know. I need to. I know. First day back, so. All right. All right. All right. You get one day. All right. So what's up? How can I help? Um, how can I overcome crushing self-doubt? Um, I'm feeling overwhelmed with making some major life decisions. Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom for the last 15-plus years and want to return to work so I can get out of my abusive marriage. Um, I had a work colleague recently reached out to me to um, uh, help me get a job, um, and I've been extended an offer, but I'm quite scared to take it because I'm not sure that I'm qualified or I'm going to be able to do it. And I'm just um, really scared that I'm going to fail, and I want to let my kids down. Hmm. (laughs) Tell me about this marriage. Um... It's uh pretty much consists of um lots of uh silent treatment, um getting punished for I don't even know what, not saying the right thing or not doing the right thing. Um they'll go days or weeks without speaking to me. Um a lot of violent outbursts, not laying hands on me but throwing things around and Kick the dogs a couple of times and um, just, uh, it's, just a, and he just, he just says bad things to the kids too. And I just so have know you, that I have you moved out? No, we're still together. So when you say to get out of a bad marriage, or is step one getting this job and securing finances and step two moving out? Yes. Does he know that, or is this just in, internal? Internal. He doesn't know it. Okay. Um, number one, I just applaud you. 
Thanks. And you and I could probably talk for another couple hours on this, but these almost always have an escalating trend to them. And something tells me that this has become something you can't do anymore. Yeah, I think it's uh, slowly killing me. Yeah. My guess is it's probably fast killing you. And you've yeah. got two um, two big bricks in your backpack. Number one is stay-at-home moms are routinely told that they are dumb and useless and a drain on society. And they should, if they had real worth, they would go get jobs and make real dollars. That's, that's, yeah. that's a global society problem we have. It's nonsense and it's insidious and it's stupid, but that's the way it is. The second thing is you've been married to a, a, a gigantic five-year-old child who acts yeah. like a brat and um, a violent brat and who throws things and kicks things and swears at things like, like, like a child does. Yeah. And in the process, you have tried for how long have y'all been married? 16 years. You've tried for 16 years. To be whatever he needed you to be so he'd stop doing that. Yeah. And you're just now realizing, oh, it's not me. It never has been. Yes, exactly. And so when it com confidence is uh, contrary to what TikTok will tell you, confidence is not something you can just conjure. Confidence yeah. is known inside your body when it knows it can do a thing. And your confidence has been rattled to the core because you've been trying to figure out what you're doing so wrong all these years and you don't have that confidence. Okay. Yeah. So in these initial weeks and months and years, as you are getting your footing, new firm footing on new concrete sidewalks, when you've been swimming in muck and water and goo the last 16 years, what we're going to do for a season is we're going to outsource that confidence. Okay. Okay. And I'm always telling people not to outsource their life. But in this case, it's a little bit different. Here's who you're going to outsource it to. A business is only in business if it makes money. And so a good manager will hire the best people so that the business makes money, so that the business can continue. Yeah. And they looked at you. And they said, she can help us. And so where you don't have confidence, know that they're not doing you a favor. They're not hooking you up. That's not how business works. Yeah. Right? If it was a church or a nonprofit, maybe. Maybe they're trying to help you out. Yeah. This is a business. And they picked you. And so in the moments when you think, I can't do this, remember, they do. Yeah. They think I can. And by the way, You've been a parent to how many kids? Two. You've raised two humans and you've protected them from a third giant child for 16 years. You can do yeah. just about any freaking thing you want to do. Yeah. And can I tell you one more thing? Yes. Oh God, you're going to screw up so much. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to screw up so much. Yeah. Because you you've been out of the workforce. You have to learn. Yeah, I'm really scared about setting myself up for failure. Yeah, so let me tell you this. Don't be scared about it because it's 100% going to happen. You're going to happen, yeah. It's going to happen. So, yeah. it's like if, if uh, I saw some data the other day that said, uh, I don't remember I saw this, but it's pretty powerful. Um, people will do anything 
to avoid uncertainty, right? So a 50% yeah. chance that something's going to go great or a 50% chance something's going to go wrong, they would rather take the percentage that 100% of things are going to go wrong than live in the ambiguity that half might go right, half might go good, which statistically is insane. That doesn't make any sense, right? That's like, right. I'd rather it be 100% bad than this could go really great or it could go really bad. So I'm telling you, there's a 100% chance that you screw, screw stuff up. And yeah. there's a 100% chance I have screwed things up today in my job. And that's yeah. okay. That's all right. Yeah. All of us yeah. have. That's part yeah. of doing business. That's part of the great lie of people outside of business who are stay-at-home moms who are like, oh, I could never go do that because I don't have the... Dude, no, we're all making it up as we go. All yeah. of us. You're going to learn some incredible new skills and you're going to transform your life. And I've told this story several times. Have you heard me tell the story of my mom? Actually, I have not. Okay. Um, she I was not allowed. Show, no, sorry. She, uh, it's okay. She wasn't allowed to go to college. Okay. For a okay. whole host of reasons, but she wasn't allowed to go. So she got married to my dad, who was um, a homicide detective, and she just settled into being a stay-at-home mom. And then she transitioned to working like stay-at-home mom and then like worked a few hours a week at a local church, like in the craft office, like making sure the, the construction paper is where it needed to be and the pipe cleaners were in the right drawer, stuff like that. Right. And then she, um, my dad was always encouraging her, please go to school, please go to school, please go to school. And finally at 42, she got the courage to go back. I was a wow. freshman, I think, or maybe a... Um, maybe a sophomore, but I think a freshman in high school. She took her first community college class and got an A. And wow. she went the next semester and took one more class at a local, just down the street from our house, community college. Yeah. That was at 42. Yeah. At 57, she graduated with her PhD after working at Enron and Deloitte and & Touche before those two companies imploded. And right. right now, she's in her 70s. She just had her birthday, and she had her birthday in Oxford, this is her last summer to teach at Oxford before she retires from being a professor for good. Wow. And wow. she's in her 70s. Here's why I tell you that. Amazing. You can do anything. Yeah. And there was a ton of bumps and bruises along the way. I thought my whole world had been turned upside down because my mom walked in and, and she said, hey, come here. And she took me into the laundry room and she put the thing of soap on the washing machine and said, this is how this works. And from here on out, you're on your own. And I was like, no. And you know what? <laughs> I lived. I lived. Right. Yeah. I had to get a job. I lived. Not right. only did I live, but I benefited from all that stuff. Yeah. And so your life will change. It will be very different. And if you leave yeah. your husband too, it's going to be mess. It's going to be heartbreak, even though you, it's the right thing. All those things, you're in a road, like you're headed down a road. It's a very, very tough road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to get people in your life that you trust for those moments when you have to outsource that confidence. Yes. You got to get people in your life that you trust for when you simply don't have the skills for what comes next and you can learn them. Yeah. Had you ever, before your, um, your oldest went to middle school, had you ever been the parent of a middle schooler? No. No. You learned how to do that. Right. Right. You didn't know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Figured it out. You ever like know how to, I don't know fix a weird rash on somebody's butt crack? No, I never did. I had to figure that out. That's what happens when you have kids, right? You figured it out. You yes. did it. Yes. Right? Yes. You will figure this out too. Okay. Okay? Gotta try. I'm gonna try. No, no, no. Hold on. Uh, you will. 
Here's the um, uh, one of my favorite um, definitions of imposter syndrome. Oh yeah, is I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's the fear that other people are judging me as harshly as I'm judging myself. Yeah. Can I ask you one hard, hard, hard question? Yes. Yes. And tell me if I'm wrong, okay? Okay. Do you doubt yourself because you've stayed too long? Yeah. Yeah. That's partly the reason. Is there a reason Chris feels like Chris let Chris down? Or worse, you feel like you let your kids down? Yeah. I feel really stupid for doing, staying, and letting it get to this point. Okay. Are we done done now? Yeah, we're done. (laughs) Okay. So let's say we did stupid things, not we're stupid. Yeah. Okay. Right. There's a big difference. Guilt is, man, that was dumb. Shame is, I am dumb. And you're not dumb. You're a woman who tried to love her husband the best you could. And you tried to keep your family intact. You tried to make sure your kids had a mom and a dad, and you had a husband that would not let that freaking happen. Yeah. And who's increasingly putting you in unsafe, unsafe, unsafe situations. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's heroic. Uh, it's brave. It's not stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Has it gone on too long? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It it is. Um, I think it's, he knows I'm about the, about a job and he's, I think he's getting nervous. So. um, Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes me sad. (laughs) Yeah. So he, he, he tries to change behavior, but I know that that doesn't ever change. So. I've had 16 years to see that. So, <laughs> Listen, um, whenever you change the equilibrium in a home, yeah, it always does whatever it can to drag it back to what it was, right? Right. So I'd expect the volume to get, like, if, if nice guy doesn't work, then loud guy will, will show up, then temper tantrum guy will show up. Yeah. And I want you to have some people in your life that you can call when you need to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have I'm- that? I do. Good. It would be difficult, but I do. Okay. Every step of the way, 100% chance it will be difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's going to be difficult. So, let's just get that out of the way, and then we're going to go do what we got to do. Okay? To keep our kids safe, to keep ourselves safe, keep our family safe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very proud of you, Chris. I'll be with you every step of the way. I want you to hang on the line. I'm going to send you both of my books, my brand new one, um, Building a Non-Anxious Life. It's kind of what you're talking about. How do I just build something completely new in a way that there's peace in my house, there's warmth in my house, there's laughter back in my house. There's just not this constant pulse of electricity. I'm going to send you my first book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, which is about what do you do when it all falls apart? How do I process what happened when I was a kid, dealing with that old trauma, and then how do I cast that forward and create something completely new? I'm going to send you both of those books as my gift. Call anytime. And I'll walk with you. You got a hard, hard road ahead of you. And I am 100% sure you can do it. Proud of you, Chris. When you don't have confidence in yourself, know at least one knuckleheaded podcaster does. And I promise you there's a whole bunch of other folks too. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out 
or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we are back. Jenna, what's the big announcement here? Yes. So first off, two things. One, last night brought home my first puppy. Not a dog mom, but you're I a will pet, be. You're, you're a pet owner. I'm a pet owner, not a dog mom. What's the dog's owner. name? Her name is Maple. Kelly? She's a I didn't hear dachshund. you. Is Kelly? <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, that's the dog's name. Maple. She's a little wiener dog. Little maple <laughs> sausage. Um, so I'm not a dog mom, but I will be a real mom uh, come February next uh, year. Yes. Woo. Yes. Very cool, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, boy or girl, do you know? Uh, my mom knows, um, and my husband's mom knows, but we do not know yet. We'll find out in a month. We oh, did a they blood know, test. like, because they've read the TV. Yeah, leaves. they looked at the results. Oh, they got the blood test. They oh. have the results. So we're going to do a gender reveal, reveal party in a month, and, we'll, and then we'll know. <laughs> I, right when I thought you were going to be all grown up, then you're like, no, I'm still millennial. Oh, oh absolutely. We're, we're going to have the at least for the first one. blue smoke or whatever oh. that's. I hope it's pink, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think John Taylor Swift Sears is a great name. Hashtag just saying. I'll have to think about that. Awesome. Well, in honor of um, your new baby, song of the day is from, this is literally one of my favorite songwriters of all time ever in the history of the world. Um, If you don't know his music, I want you just to, when this podcast is over, just, um, Get on Spotify and listen to everything Mark Cohn, C-O-H-N, has ever done. He's the best of the best of the best. He's so amazing. Um, song, I can't believe we've never done Mark Cohn on this out like, for three years. He's one of the best ever. God, my, my friend Trevor Moore is the one who introduced me. And he said he saw him play, and he said he went home and bought every CD he'd ever made, like, done. That's why I picked him, because he's phenomenal. I know. You don't have this tattoo, though. Maybe I do. <laughs> it, uh, Mark Cohn would be a weird old English tattoo, which most of yours are. That would be weird. All right. So the song is called The Things We've Handed Down. It goes like this Don't know much about you. Don't know who you are. We've been fine without you, but we could only go so far. Don't know why you chose us. Were you watching from above? Is there someone there that knows us? Said we'd give you all our love. Will you laugh just like your mother? Will you sigh like your old man? Will something skip a generation like I've heard they often can? Are you a poet or a dancer, a devil or a clown or a strange new combination of the things we've handed down? Congratulations, Jenna. We have another another crazy in the John Deloney Show gang. I don't think you shouldn't let your kid listen to this show for a long, long time. Love you guys. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Bye.